Hi, I'm the OnlyFans alter ego of a drag race legend, Cami Brown. And to economize on bandwidth, I'm doing all my business meetings and all my sex meetings on Zoom. It's Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hey, Ursula, how you holding up in your bunker? Uh, I'm okay. You know, the attendants come by to pour water on me about once every four hours so I don't dehydrate. And that's, you know, what more can you ask for? You have attendance? That's almost like human contact. How lovely for you. They're not allowed to speak or make eye contact. There are those, But those are the rules that are always in place. It maintains my sense of normalcy. Oh, girl, you just stole my joke. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, are you watching anything interesting in your downtime? Um, let's see. I, I, I've been told by every human being I know to watch Tiger King. Apparently, it's just a mind fuck. But I'm not sure I'm ready to have my mind fucked with right now. Oh my god, I'm so glad you brought this up. So A, everybody is talking about that. And like, Floridians with wild cats murdering is an absolutely terrifying notion and nothing I am interested in. But the whole world is telling me to watch this too. Um, but I did want to bring up, so this week was the premiere of Queens Who Like to Watch UK edition. So there's already the Trixie and Katya Queens Who Like to Watch on the Netflix channel where they watch Netflix shows and comment. And it's like hilarious, even if it's a show I don't want to watch. Now the Vivian and Baga Chips are doing it in the UK. Have you watched that premiere episode? I watched most of it. I I got distracted by stuff. But yeah, I've seen it's fucking hilarious. Also, that show, I keep meaning to watch it. It's a show about Gillian Anderson being a sex therapist. And I'm like, that's that's number nine on my list of sex fantasies. So I mean, just you'd think I'd just jump right on it, but I just haven't gotten around to it because there's too much TV. We should watch that. Um, I really, 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 really want Netflix to do a Queens Who Like to Watch with Vanjie and either Monique Hart or Bob the Drag Queen, wherein they watch reality TV shows on Netflix like Tiger King, because I feel like there would be nothing funnier than watching Vanjie and Monique Hart talk trash about crazy people they've known in life. Like, I want the Queens Who Like to Watch reality TV edition with those two bitches. I'd want them to do, I'd want them to pull out classic stuff. Like, I would watch Monique and Bob the Drag Queen watch I Love New York. I would love to watch that. <laughs> I That favorite, favorite thing ever. Everybody, we have a special guest this week. We are very excited to welcome back. They're the horse-raising harlot with a heart of gold and the pop culture knowledge of somebody who's been self-isolating in Kentucky for three decades. Please, welcome back to the show, third time's the charm, Oblivia! Yay! Hello! We're so excited to have you here. Um, do you have thoughts on Vanjie and Monique Hart doing a Queens Who Like to Watch moment? I think that needs to happen, particularly with I Love New York. I mean, one of the few things that's gotten through the little cracks of my self-isolation in the barn in Kentucky is all those of love shows. And I'm sorry, them going crazy about New York and... And Sister Patterson would be, I would live. I, I would live. I would also live. Also, I think if Netflix is doing this with their shows to get you to watch their shows, and I will say, if Netflix is ever going to get me to watch any of their reality show programming, it will be Vanjie popping off about it. Like, yeah. 
All right, so with that, Oblivia, we're here to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race Season 12, Episode 5, but first I want to get your thoughts on Season 12 altogether thus far. We'll get into this episode, but I'm, I guess I'm going to phrase it this way. What did you think of Episodes 1 through 4? <laughs> well, there's a lot to that. I thought the split first episodes with Episodes 1 and 2, it was, it was interesting and... I think it worked a lot just because I'm someone who needs a little time to feel like I am getting to know the queens. Totally. So having those first two episodes to get to know them and not have anybody go home and just kind of take it all in, that was huge for me to be able to get my bearings on the season. I'm not surprised Dahlia was the first one to go home just because... I don't know, nothing she did spoke to me. I watched her first episode. Actually, I watched both the first episodes with Ursula and basically every outfit Dahlia came out with in that first episode had me turning to Ursula and going, oh God, why? Oh God, why? Like Direct quotes. Okay, okay. <laughs> and that's interesting because I, like, I felt like she could do looks, but she seemed very unintelligent and not really aware of what else there was to drag but to me she was like you're gonna go quick but you do know how to get how to pull yourself together your body contouring your makeup is decent but like i get it she wasn't she wasn't moving anybody she doesn't like she's not gonna be a campy queen right and then although for the second elimination i was i was living for your episode four just because Rockham got robbed. Totally. Rockham did not need to go home. Britta needed to be out that door. I have never, I've never seen such rudeness in a lip sync for your life before. I mean, was, was Rockham's ball look, it was not doing it for me. I really didn't like that bottom piece at all. But between the body of the work and the fact that her lip sync was just served, whereas Britta's was like, ooh, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm literally going to stand in front of her. I'm going to stand in, like, here's the thing. Other queens, you'll see them do that, but they'll do that while, like, doing a trick or something where you're not thinking the whole point. If you're going to do it, do it right. Be sneaky about it. Britta literally just, like, kept walking over to stand in front of Rockham, which if I was RuPaul, that would be, like, It wasn't clever. It wasn't shady. It was playground malarkey. Right. It's like if they're walking backward toward the end of the runway to turn around to do a thing. Yeah, you can take center stage for a few minutes, for a few seconds, and you're technically in front of them. But it's not the same thing. I don't think Rockham should have been in the bottom, let alone go home. I agree. I don't think she was. I think she, it made sense that she would be bottom three, not bottom two. Uh, Um, No, I completely. Also, my other issue with Britta is as a native Chicagoan, I've often heard the bitch i'm from new york and you're still serving me c's like and bitch i'm from new york that does not make your bad work suddenly good honey like if you tell me you're from new york as a justification for why you should be here one more time as opposed to doing well i will cut you like shut the fuck up britta (laughs) sorry (laughs) in case you didn't know my feelings (laughs) I was just going to say, it's your best and worst trait that I always know exactly what you're thinking. I am a Scorpio. <laughs> what does it mean for this episode 
that all three of us are Scorpios. I'm going to tell you right now, of people who are involved in this show, of our most frequent guests and the hosts, it is five Scorpios and one Cancer. <laughs> that That is a lot of Scorpio energy. Which tells you a lot. Um, yes. I feel like Hersla is the sneakiest Scorpio I know. I feel like... But yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of Scorpio energy here. Well, I, I'm right at the cusp of Libra, so I have like I I, I can discuss. No, I, no, we are all very creative and very opinionated, and that is that is Scorpios to a T. I yeah. Also, my feeling about you is I know you well. You are very much a Scorpio. It is very well concealed under an agreeable facade. <laughs> you, my friend, are the queen of. I'm going to be tacitly agreeable and accommodating verbally, and then I'm going to do what I want. (laughs) 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 Which, that Scorpio Libra cusp, but you know, it's not. Yeah, yeah, you can't be my close friend unless you can read my eyebrows to tell what I'm really thinking. Pretty much. (laughs) Um, So, but they are screaming. Um, So anyways, are we ready... Oblivia, I did want to give you space if you wanted to talk any more about the rest of the season. If not, we can just hop right into episode five. Well, I have a good prompt question here because I know the answer, but who's your favorite queen this season? I've actually, I'm a little bit torn because there are still a few of them that are really speaking to me. I love Jan, Crystal, and Aiden so much. All three of them are speaking to me in such different ways. I mean, I've been... I've been living for Jan since the moment she walked in the door on the reveal and had that tall... I mean, I they were talking about it as cheerleader. It didn't read cheerleader to me, but it read tall basketball dyke to me, and I was living for it. So I love her. I love Crystal Method because, yeah, it's been a little weird seeing Crystal Method tone back the makeup a little bit, but I get why they're trying to make her do that, and there's still enough clown realness that I'm living for it. And then Aiden, yeah, we'll get to it this episode. I'm having some serious issues about Aiden not really stepping out of her drag box much, but... As the world's oldest emo kid, trademark, I love Aiden's drag box. I I mean, honestly, I feel like I agree with you on the split intro. I think I liked it in six more than most people. And I think they set it up so that it wouldn't be a two-team challenge on the third episode so that the girls would have to intermingle and a lot more of them knew each other. So it worked better season 12 than it did season six. But I think it's a very effective way to get us to care about everyone right away. And I've been saying, I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't know if I'll feel this way at the end. This is my favorite season of RuPaul's Drag Race thus far. And I think it's, and I mean it. And I feel like we have a really deep bench of diversified talent of not just queens who came up watching RuPaul's Drag Race and much of their drag being informed by it, but who are actively thinking, how can they do better? Um, like I, I love this season and it is so hard, like it's nearly impossible to predict anything because I feel like there are so many talented queens who are bringing such different things that this is the first time where for me, it really does feel like the Olympics of drag is not an absurd way to describe this. And I'm really enjoying it. Um, 
Yeah, I really like the split opening, and I think they should replace the intro episode with it. Like, I've never really enjoyed the, like, Meet the Queens episode where they're all wearing forcefully similar looks and get two seconds to talk. Like, you, you get no sense of who they are. You walked out of that two-part premiere very aware of who all of them were. I'm, like, as connected to all of the Queens collectively as I normally don't get until there's only seven or eight left. And I honestly think the way you do it is you do the split intro and then you do um, a challenge where they have to form small groups after that, where and you set it up that they can't just be going with people from their premiere. Um, like, I think they, I think the show has been on long enough that it's now letting itself repeat ideas, but it's doing them in the way that will result in optimal inco- outcomes, which yeah. is exactly what it should be doing at this stage. I'm very, I'm very happy with this season. Um all right, so I guess let's hop into episode five then. Yeah? Yeah, let's get... Sounds like a plan. All right. Oh, so yeah, the girls walk back into the workroom, and Britta, this is the first time where she really feels like a fragile human being, and I empathize with her. And Britta and Jackie, the tears in their eyes, the swelling in their eyes, they were so upset and so upset to hear Rockham crying as she walked off stage. Um, I felt all of that, and it was the... Only time I really liked Britta, um, and it was one of three times I cried during this, or got teary-eyed during this episode. (laughs) What did you guys think of that? I could not have responded more dissimilarly to Britta walking into the workroom. I'm just, I was still so mad at her about everything in the previous episode that I'm like, Quit your bitching, quit your stomping, quit your tantrum. These are crocodile tears, and I am not here for them. Okay. I was, I thought it was all a bunch of bullshit. Okay. I mean, she has thus far otherwise shown that she is just a bitch. So, not, you're not unjustified <laughs> in that sentiment. Um, and then they, they are all sitting down, and they're talking about how Gigi won. Nikki complimented her and said she is an amazing designer, which I totally agree with. Um... Sorry, going back before we go into oh. that, I just want to also yeah. say Rockham's message was adorable. It was sincere. That was the first moment at which I cried was reading Rockham's message. Yeah, yeah. You know, hoping that they could do what she couldn't. Like, we don't deserve Rockham's message. I completely agree. And I love, like, Rockham is so thoughtful and hard on her sleeves and aware of her emotions, which is not the same as being weak, RuPaul Charles. Um, and I I agree with you. And that was like a real message that wasn't just like, love you, sister, see you on the other side. It was like, that came from someplace real, which is why that was, Rockham was so great. That was heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So then they're talking about how Gigi won. Nikki complimented her and said she's an amazing designer. I agree. And I think this is the first time in a while that we've had a girl on this show that would honestly be just as good of a contender for Project Runway. Um, or whatever Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn's new show, Make the Cut, which I did watch the premiere of last night, but that's a separate show. How did you guys feel about uh, Gigi's win and the girls complimenting her? Also, Oblivia, I am curious. What are your thoughts on Gigi? I wasn't sure what to think of Gigi to start, just because she wasn't one of the ones who super connected with me from the beginning. And when I'm watching this show, I usually go all in on a drag queen that speaks to me like that. But what she did in the episode she won 
was just amazing. She is a multifaceted threat, a multifaceted drag queen. She can perform. She can design clothing. She can do looks. Like, there is... There is a lot that Gigi can do, and I am in awe of her talent. Okay. Just how well-rounded it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's a very likable fashion queen, and not just for people who like fashion. So I feel like she's a real contender for the crown. Um, well, yeah, fa- fashion queens typically don't do it for me. Fashion queens are not my trope. You're not a big I love a skinny white bitch kind of gal. Nope. Um, so, all right. Um, and I do feel sorry for Nikki. I think she does drag where it's like a very austere, reserved French one-ray model kind of moment. And I truly think if she just gave like a playful smile or did bits on the runway, like she would not be getting the critique she was getting. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the walk back into the workroom, Hersler? Do you want to move on to the... Uh, briefly, I rec- if I recall correctly, it was Jada who was trying to talk to Aiden. I think honestly, but Aiden was not receptive. Like, I understand people throw shade and you gotta respond in kind, but like sometimes the queen knows what she's talking about and let that in, let that in. Um, but now I can now we can get on to the non mini challenge, which was a highlight of the episode for me for what I think are obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I liked about it is that the challenge itself is going to require enough time that they basically gave us the silhouette and the fun and all the highlights we want from a mini challenge, but it's just a randomized thing. We're going to look at Bryce and Jason Carter in underwear, and we're going to be campy, but we don't have time for a full mini challenge, and that's fine. I thought that was fun. And I liked that the two fashion girls got to be the two who talked through making the teams. Yeah, I gotta say, Bryce's underwear have been getting smaller as the season has progressed. I was like... What, what's the back of that look like? <laughs> How much is there? How much material was used in this garment? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, uh, they, you, you give me a pasty redhead. I'm, I'm a happy woman. What can I say? I He is cute. Jason Carter and Bruno's smiles. Like, they just... You can tell they're both exhibitionists and they're living to be in the pit crew. <laughs> and and I, I, I'm not cherry pie. I enjoy the consent within that <laughs> smile. <laughs> agreed agreed all right not sure that i should have made that joke it might be too soon still but um anyways um the other thing i actually really liked about this is that i think this is the first time they've done this where they have like maybe not no probably isn't but i like that they were like you two are gonna go over here and talk about casting decisions because i feel like prior to this point i've always sort of assumed some of what it was but i thought it was interesting to hear the two of them actually externalize and talk through making those choices because it is part of the game. And I feel like when you give one person that role, they're obviously doing that in their head, but that doesn't make for good television. So yeah. I thought, it, I honestly, I thought it was smart to do it this way. And um, I don't really, ob- I didn't really object to any of their choices. I think they made smart calls with the group they had. Like if you didn't know what you know now about Sherry, Sherry's the perfect fit for the mother character. She just is. Uh, and she nailed it. Uh, yeah, like, Widow would have been fine, but Sherry was the the uber queen for that character. And Widow did and great with... they made the right yeah, choice. Yeah, Widow did great with her character, so... Widow was also given a character... Like, wi- there were two great acting parts. Widow and Sherry both wanted one. They gave it to Sherry, and they gave Widow the other great part. I don't know why Widow was being so obnoxious about it, 
Yeah. But whatever. The only thing I would have changed in the casting is I would have actually chosen Crystal Method as Meredith number two because yes. her makeup would have made the comedy of the face change yes. make sense. Oh, that would have been yeah, amazing. Right? Clock that so quickly. Like we do we look similar. It's not there's no joke. Yeah. Um and on some level I do feel like Jan is a great actress. So I probably would have given her Meredith one, even though I love Jackie Cox. Um, but that that's me. But I mean, I agree with you. The casting choices were good. The only thing I definitely would change would Crystal Method would have been Meredith number two. I, I did like as they had cast the, the parts and they're walking back to the group, the, the little callback by Gigi. Ladies, we have made some decisions. <laughs> me too. I love it. I love the while you untuck, we're Nikki and I will go deliberate. Like they, they fully are <laughs> they like leaned into we're that. giving you these punctuation marks, um, these RuPaul copyright punctuation marks. Um, anyways, yeah, no, that was fun. So then uh, the girls are getting into, uh, you know, rehearsing and practicing. I thought it was obnoxious to hear Britta say, "I don't want to babysit Aiden." Oh, no one is it. Speaking of that, as we're as we're getting as they were leaving the group and getting into their groups to start rehearsing, I swear that after casting the parts, that throwaway "boo" by Aiden is the butchest thing I have ever and probably will ever hear Aiden say. I I don't even remember it, but I believe you. (laughs) Um, He got this really low voice and it's like "boo." (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, be- I can't even get that low <laughs> I believe it um, So yeah But on Britta though Britta saying I don't want to babysit Aiden Britta Filter I want you to hear this No one is asking you to She's your peer here And you need to be doing better Than her to be talking about her In that way at all Okay thanks RuPaul comes into the workroom And Aiden comments about Feeling you know, being from a small town, less experienced, and RuPaul Paul points out in no uncertain terms that drag race is a weird and unique experience for everybody, and they all kind of have a conversation about that. Ursula, what did you think about that scene? The only thing I recall from RuPaul, RuPaul did very little pot stirring in this work, in this uh, walkthrough. I remember her, you know, giving that little bit of sage advice. The only thing I distinctly recall is RuPaul bringing up again Crystal Method's boy hair. Which, it's like, I understand, you paid iTunes for the song, so you keep bringing it up, but you've brought it up, like, two episodes in a row now, and then again on the runway. It it just struck me somewhat oddly. I thought it was interesting that RuPaul... Oblivia, did you have any thoughts on RuPaul talking about how this is a weird and unique experience for everybody? Um... No, not okay. really. I, I gather mean, that was... that stood out to me more than either of you then, because I, I felt like that was really like a come-to-Jesus moment of the show being like, this is just weird for everybody. Don't, like, get in your... Like, these girls haven't done this before. That's not an excuse. Like, focus on doing well while you're here in the present. Like, I I really appreciated it. I felt like it was very touching the fourth wall of the whole experience of the show. But that was me. You you are right. RuPaul is preoccupied with that hair. I think RuPaul is uh, titillated by by Crystal Method out of drag. Yeah, I don't get why I, I don't get the obsession with Crystal Method's hair. It's not it's not bad. It's fine. It's hair, but 
I'm a lot more into crystal method in drag. I think it's truly coming from a libidinous place for RuPaul. Honestly. <laughs> like, I I think it stirs something in RuPaul that for the rest of us, it's like, whatever. But that that could just be me. I don't know. Ru- RuPaul's found her trade of choice. Yes. All right, let's take a break and hear a word from our sponsors. Have you tried not? For those times when you feel like offering an opinion on the internet on a subject you only just learned about on Wikipedia, always remember, you could not. For those times when you feel like bombarding the mentions of an actor just trying to make a living because you're mad about something a writer, a totally different human being did, you could not. When you find yourself about to lecture a member of an historically oppressed minority about their life experience, all you have to do is just not. It's not, and it's available anytime, anywhere, and it's the perfect way not to show your entire ass to the entire internet all at once. Just remember that not every thought, opinion, or feeling you have needs to be fucking expressed the minute your fucking brain creates it, and you too can just not. Not. Because you shouldn't. And now back to the show. And we're back. Um, Before we get to the main challenge, I did want to talk more about what RuPaul was saying about the uniqueness of the experience being on RuPaul's Drag Race. So Trixie Mattel has spoken in interviews about how she loves drag and she loves Drag Race, but that drag is a space where you get to do kind of whatever you want because it's like an interdisciplinary art that incorporates so many things and is really ultimately about self-expression more than anything. But being on Drag Race is kind of literally the opposite because you're taking that like experienced interdisciplinary art and performance experience and you're trying to consolidate and commodify it to very specific confines of a challenge and that like she loves drag and drag race but being on drag race feels like literally the opposite of doing drag does that make sense to either of you totally uh for me what's what's one of the more interesting things to watch over the seasons of drag race is its transition from making fun of reality TV to being the gold standard of competitive reality TV. When this show started, it was very explicitly mocking, you know, like uh, RuPaul in a tailored suit in the workroom is Tim Gunn. And RuPaul in drag on the main stage is uh, uh, Tyra Banks. Like, that's literally what they were referencing and one it's hilarious that they outlasted the things they were making fun of um but i i agree with the sentiment especially after i would say season four definitely after season six i would say when it really started to get when it jumped from when it got more and more popular yeah you're you're not here to do your drag you're here to do you're here to make good tv and that is a different goal it's related but they're they're distinct I, I agree. I Having just watched the premiere episode of Amazon's Make the Cut, which is hosted by Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn, and is clearly them moving Project Runway to a different network and doing it differently. Oh, man. The cinematographers, the sound editing, the drama of the, like, tribunal moments for the contestants. It is so clear to me that, like, having been somebody who watched some of the first few seasons of Project Runway, that this Make the Cut is trying to still be a design challenge that is adding the drama, the momentum, the uncertainty of a sachet away moment. That, like, dra- like you can tell that show is trying to hold itself to the bar of Rupert. 
Drag Race, whereas RuPaul's Drag Race in its infancy was playfully mocking and parodying Project Runway, which is a fascinating occurrence, truly. I'm going to tell you right now, they spend a fortune on cinematography and sound editing for Make the Cut. Amazon spared no fucking expense. Project Runway looks like a, a high school project next to Make the Cut. It is insane. I'm like, this sound editing, you want me to feel so many things right now. You know, I still have pro- season one of Project Runway on actual DVD somewhere. Maybe I'll dig those out because oh, uh, you the, tired old queen, I love you. The thi- the thing I the <laughs> thing I love about season one of Project Runway, which I saw like almost, I, I think I caught I started watching like episode six or something. But it's so funny to think back. Their objection to Wendy Pepper was that she was somewhat dishonest about her protestations of friendship in a competitive reality show, and they treat her like she's Hitler. Yeah. Like, you're like, you weren't really my friend like you said you were, is said with the tone of voice, like, it was you in the library with the candlestick. It And it's so funny because you couldn't replicate that moment because there's no, it would be, we would think less of the person making the accusation now because it's like, what fucking show do you think you're on? How do you think any of this works? We all had to be so naive for that to have drama because we hadn't done it before. It It's just hilarious to look back and be like, this is what used to pass for reality show villainy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with all of that. Those were the days. <laughs> oh, you, I was hoping Oblivia would break into song sometime <laughs> this episode. We might just ask you to sing us out. Um, all right, so... Let's get to the main challenge. Personally, between the recording and the actual final product, I I feel like we've got some pretty talented actresses, so I say we just talk about the whole thing as one. Uh, What did you guys think about the main challenge? The writing was terrible, and they worked it like it owed them rent. Yeah, it was... I was expecting it to be campy and ridiculous. I wasn't sure that it was going to be that campy and ridiculous, but... Watching the drag queens sell the heck out of it was delightful. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I haven't watched Grey's Anatomy in 30 years now. So, (laughs) um, I got all, you know, the bomb and the people skewered on the fork and all of the romantic back and forth. I knew most of the points, the relationship with the mom. I knew most of what they were parody. Parody is a hard word to turn into a gerund. It just is. I can't say parodying without feeling like I've messed it up. Moving on. Um, I just, like, the 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 scene... Obviously, Aiden and Britta did not give Oscar-worthy performances in their scene. But even on paper, it's not fucking funny. It just wasn't. And it was a little cringeworthy. That was, that was probably the cringiest moment for me, was Aiden and... The highlight for me of that scene, I agree. The writing was terrible. But... Aiden just like selling the crap out of the dead body thing, like the physical, like the physical stuff that she was doing to look really creepy and dead. Like I loved that. Like I loved that little bit. The scene itself was ridiculous, and I feel like it was even worse in the final cut than what they were suggesting <laughs> in the practice. But. I think Aiden made lemons out, or lemonade out of lemons there. I mean, this shows, the writing is terrible. Like, I would love it if they actually hired some, I mean, RuPaul didn't know that doing AJ and the Queen. Hire some gays who know how to actually write, who went to NYU, 
or some other good school for this who studied screen screenplay writing or like television writing like the writing is always shit and it's always up to the queens to elevate it i agree with you that the aiden and Britta scene was the roughest but i also agree with you like aiden did her may west thing the best she could was it perfect no but she gave me like b minus in that I gotta say, I felt. I was... Wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, this, this is my oh. my last point. Is just I felt like when it came to the dead ghost, like hologrammed over part, Aiden did the physicality of that perfect, and I think you miss it because you're focused on the ghost, like whatever the visual effect they did. Yeah. But I completely agree with you. Creepy, sexy ghost Aiden delivered at a ten. And uh, and credit where it's due. I've ragged on Aiden fairly consistently over the last few weeks. Um, but I will say, if you don't get the reference, you don't get the reference, and no amount of mocking is going to make you get the reference. But she knew two lines of Mae West, the, are, are you, or are you just happy to see me, and why don't you come up and see me sometime? And she delivered them at an 11. Was it a successful 11? Nowhere near. But she did. She technically did a Mae West impression. And that's yeah. something a lot of girls fuck up when they, as we learned during the, um, during Mariah Gate, um, when they don't know the reference, oh. they they just they just abandon it, and it's like no. If all you know is one thing about Mariah Carey, well, guess what you're gonna guess what bell you'll be ringing a lot. So credit where it's due for not for not being like for not having Alaska Thunderfucks level of comfort with impersonating Mae West. She did the best she could, and she did it. So compliments speaking, where it's due. Speaking of Mariah Gate. I'm thinking a lot about Mariah Gate, or shall we say, the other side of the coin of Mariah Gate. Every time Britta tries to drop some kind of, you know, work Brit, like Britney Spears kind of reference, I'm like, Britta, get that out of your mouth. You do not deserve to be mentioning it's Britney Bitch Network or any of its glory on any in, on any level whatsoever. <laughs> get out of here, Britta. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, I... I thought it was good when they were talking about it that, like, I, I think the queens did a lot of, like, what they could with it. Um, and I don't feel like there's any performance where I'm like, you did terribly with the role that you were given. Um, and I appreciated, and we'll get to this more later, but I appreciated that later RuPaul said to Nikki that she did a good job with the baby. The truth is, at this point, we're splitting hairs. And I agree with that. Yeah, I think yeah. this season is so strong that this is this. Here's the thing: in All Stars too, they had to split hairs. The recent iterations of All Stars, not so much. There are some pretty untalented queens. I love that this is a main season of RuPaul's Drag Race with such a talented bench that they're really splitting hairs to get a bottom two because they have to because. It's that talented of a season, right? Like, like foreshadowing a little. I think Heidi was only in the, Heidi was in the bottom because of her runway, and I think they rounded down on their criticism of her performance, which I thought was on par with with Crystal. I thought Heidi and Crystal did both very well and worked well together. They were probably my favorite scene where it was like, we have an idea, here's our idea, we executed it with energy, and then got off the screen. Like it I also thought... required a tremendous amount of physicality that was coordinated and they did it effortlessly the entire time. Yeah. The entire time. I Yeah. yeah. Like well, I, I, I agree with your yeah. assessment of Heidi. There. Yeah. I agree. And, and and again, credit where it's due because sometimes monsters turn in good work. Sherry Sherry did the best. She just did. 
It was thoroughly realized. It was perfectly executed. It was funny. She was doing uh, like Harvey Weinstein as, uh, you know, uh, Divine's character from Hairspray as the mom. And it worked. It worked like gangbusters. I'm. Oh, I mean, Sherry absolutely deserved the best actress in that because of everything Hersela said. I'm not going to rehash it. Although the high point for me was actually one of Widow's lines, kind of going back to those were the two yeah. kind of really just gangbusters roles. Just I fell apart when Widow screamed, how can I be having a baby? I'm a drag queen. <laughs> I loved that. She said, that's a glitter bomb. I drive. I swallowed it during a white party. That was her improv line. Carson yeah. responded to like she just added that on the fly. That wasn't in the script. Which here's the thing: I know it wasn't in the script because the script wasn't that good. <laughs> Way to go, Widow! <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was fantastic. All right, so why don't we move on to the runway then, and we can yeah. talk about then the final critiques. Okay, so RuPaul's look: this green dress with that, you know, that ruching that they do in the front. That I'm gonna be honest, and maybe this makes me dirty. It always reminds me conceptually, physically, of like a vagina. So when I see a drag queen with a dress where there's that very specific sort of slit circular ruching line like exactly at the hips and a drag queen wears it, I feel like there is a very vaginal joke that they are intending to make there. But I might just be projecting that. Um... You're it's not the uncanny valley. You're not uh, literally. Ha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Did Rue seem more cinched than normal, or was it the proportion of the hip pads? Oh, I think because, it was the proportion oh, of the hip no, pads. I was about to get there. That was the first thing I noticed was how cinched. Like that was RuPaul serving Ethel frickin' Granger. Holy crap. I Maybe I'm wrong. I honestly looked at it and I thought that she had wider hip pads and a dress that gave her more in the hips. So it made the proportions look that way. But I could be... It could be both. I could be wrong. Yeah, she's not um, like full... Oh, it may have been proportionizing, but that proportionizing made that waist look teeny tiny. Yeah, See, wasn't... I loved that her hips looked more womanly. That was the thing that stood out for me was that mm-hmm. it was like bigger ass. Like, and I... I'm an ass man, so I appreciated it. <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, I'm not saying she was, like, full-on, like, Violet Trotsky, but I, I felt it was like a, like she had a cincher that she might not normally wear. Because I, I was like, wow, that is a very, you, you have hourglassed it for days. Worth of I could there. be wrong, but yeah. I truly think it's because the ass is bigger. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. But yeah. anyways, regardless, yeah. I, feel... I loved the color. I liked yes. that she picked a wig that was, like, is this blonde or is this red? It's kind of in the middle. So it's giving you a little bit of like Kelly green with reddish hair, but hues that totally complemented one another. It, I'm not saying this is everybody's favorite look. I thought she looked fucking fierce. She I loved it. Yeah. What, whatever, whatever blood of virgin she bathed in while in London has just rejuvenated her. Not that she, it's not that she looks better per se, though her, her plastic surgeon deserves, like, an Emmy of his own. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it was a plastic surgeon in West Hollywood, but whatever. <laughs> but I'm just saying, since since, since Blue Hydrangea's little bit of shade back in UK se- in the UK season, RuPaul has just re-blossomed. Like, I don't know what it is, but, like, all of her looks have been, like, a notch up uh, in recent in recent months. Yeah, 
Um, all right. And then Normani is the guest judge. I thought she looked so great. There's something about the way she looked to me. Like, she looked so beautiful. It kind of looked like if Beyonce and Kiki Palmer had a daughter that was a little fuller figured. Like, she looked gorgeous and I liked her outfit. I also, like... Okay, for, first up, Oblivia question. Yeah. Who's Normani? <laughs> Ursula, do you want to do you want to fill this in? I believe she is a singer of popular music. <laughs> she, she. I could feel the disdain dripping from your voice, Ursula. <laughs> so she's um she was part of a group called Fifth Harmony that I think may still be together or have recently disbanded. I think they. Oh, that's the group that. They either disbanded. Last name I always forget the Havana girl saying yes. in. So they, I think they disbanded recently. If not, they're on a pause, something like that. But Normani, there's been rumors of internal tension and fans who are kind of racist in terms of which of the girls they're rooting for. Not great, but for a very long time, we, the liberal gays, have been saying that Normani is like it and she needs to become a solo act because she's a phenomenal singer and dancer wait 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 are you telling me that in popular media there's light but persistent racism no 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 just 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 no obviously i would never imply (laughs) such a thing um yeah so i'm not sure i'd call it light i'd just call it persistent yeah indeed um but normani is very talented i don't pay i i recognize her talent i don't pay like a tremendous amount of intention i'll tell you what as a guest judge i am even more interested i for a long time i've been fully aware she's a great singer and dancer i was sure that if she broke out solo she'd probably put out some stuff i loved um i have to say as a guest judge everything she said was right i agree yeah. with she was likable off the cuff you can tell she likes the show and she gets what the queens are doing like she was great i love a halle berry oh, Babs was- reference <laughs> she was having fun. I mean, she was she was a good judge. I just didn't know who she yeah, was. Yeah, for sure. And for sure. and she she was a good guest judge to follow Leslie Jones because whoever we got after Leslie Jones was not going to be Leslie Jones. And with that caveat, she did a great job. Like you know, like like a wishy washy non entity of a judge would have looked even worse by comparison after last week. I agree. I agree. And also, like as somebody who was aware of Normani but knows nothing of her personality. Now I'm interested. Now I'm yeah. more likely to Google things. Now totally. I'm more likely to go out of the way to look into a solo album when it gets released. Absolutely. So there you go. She did what she came to do. Um, all right. So the runway. So Jada's look is very fun. I also love that Normani said she wanted it and Jada said she could have it. You know, she meant it. Yeah, I thought I thought that was fun. There was a very old school Barbie doll aesthetic to me about Jada's look that worked i mean yeah you're not gonna have an old school barbie doll with quite that edgy of an outfit but i think maybe it was like the hair and the makeup that were selling it for me well that and the shape just it screamed a very new interpretation on a decidedly old school barbie doll and i was living for it yeah no it was it was very good I, I have a case to make that Jada's look was the best runway because in addition to being staggeringly beautiful, was also the most responsive to the challenge. The height, yeah. the exaggerated shoulders really sold it as the point is the cape. Like that same cape and that same bodysuit with normally padded shoulders would not be as amazing. So the way she shaped it showed she really thought about, 
I'm not just putting a cape on a look. I'm making the cape the look. And that really did it for me. I agree. I liked that Britta did a spin on a Red Riding Hood as Dominatrix. I do feel like ultimately it was... Like, I like it conceptually. I think the weird mermaid thing, mermaid skirt chaps, is like, this just looks cumbersome. And Michelle was right. It wasn't about the hood. Like, I didn't hate it, but it like, it didn't really stick the landing. Well, okay, once... Yeah, I guess it wasn't the... Like, it wasn't cape forward, but I will say this, and you know how hard this is for me, because I'm about to say a good thing about Britta. (laughs) I was living for, like, the little bit of a trumpet skirt that was hanging from the garter straps. Okay. Yeah, it, w- it was the highlight of the outfit, and I guess the cape was supposed to be the highlight of the outfit, but I was living for that interpretation of a skirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and once again, she shaped herself perfectly. It's the one thing she does consistently well. I, so, as much as I'm not liking her, I'm not, like, committed to disliking her, is that what I'm... <laughs> like, she can still turn this around, but I'd be very surprised if she did. I'll put it that way. Um, Condé Nasty being the charitable one. I, who well, saw that coming? Yeah, no we one. were talking about this uh, offline with uh, with Buffy Cummers uh, briefly. Do you think Britta is suffering because of the re-edits to edit out Sherry? So we're just getting, like, one of the things we might be getting more of is just Britta being a bitch? Absolutely. I think they have spots where they need an older, experienced, seasoned queen, probably from New York, because that's usually who they like to go with, who's talking in a way that's like, she doesn't really, whatever. And I think because they edited out so much of Sherry, Britta's getting all of those slots which is making us like i'm sure that it was already our impression of her was already skewed this way i think it's gone from there's a few there's a lot of talking heads of brita saying that stuff like that to there's a ton of talking heads of brita saying that because it's the only way we're going to make this edit work we just need to fill in more brita where we had sherry being like aiden isn't really whatever and i think it is having a catastrophic impact on brita's Brand. portrayal on this show <laughs> like i think britta is going to leave this show with the worst her career is going to be in worse shape on the other side of season 12 and not just because of the coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do, what do you think oblivia i think you're right i understand your point about needing those seasoned queen moments and the talent on this season is unreal but there are also a lot of younger queens and they do kind of have to edit sherry pie out and like we're not i do get the feeling that we're not really getting to know sherry pie the way we would if sherry pie had not been a total ass yeah oh no i mean it's very clear that they only have her in scenes where they have to have her to make the episode work and nothing more and i also feel like she at this point is the front runner of the season, though there are other girls close on her heels, Gigi in particular. And I think that having Sherry making comments on Aiden's acting skills or her adaptability would land more because Sherry is doing well enough to make those comments without us being like, you're a bitch. Right now we're like, you're a predator, so we don't want to see her. 
So instead, they're inserting Brita, and coming from Brita, it's landing a lot more like, come again, sour. bitch. Yeah, it's sour grapes. Like, yeah, yeah. Sher- Sherry also is not like an established drag queen to the same level Brita was, would be like, I'm not exactly, like, she's seasoned, but she's not, like, trading off of her reputation, so it comes off less as sour grapes or something, yeah, like, ugh. Ugh. Yeah. And, like, it, there, as much as Britta's annoying me, on a certain level, I do feel sorry for her. I'm gonna be honest. Um, Alright, so continuing on with the runway, I love that detour. Uh, that got real real. Um, I love Jackie Cox's like Middle Eastern dancer princess harem look. I thought it was super fun, and I loved the headpiece. Oh, it was uh, staggering! It was oh, loved it. It was delightful. It was a fun take on like an old school Persian outfit, and just that that big gossamer cape, the way it flowed around. I was oh, I was mesmerized. Me too. Um, and then Gigi did her true Beverly Hills bit. Oh my gosh, was... I lived. I lived like. I think about the scene when Shelley Log says it's missing a bead at least once a week. That is one of my favorite movies from my childhood and I can rewatch it anytime. And it holds up. It, it still stands as a reasonably competent meditation on girl power. I mean, except for the divorced parents getting back together. But when you see Craig T. Nelson in the late eighties, early nineties, walking around without a shirt, you're like, no, you get it, Shelley. It's fine. It's fine. We, We'll, we'll give you a pass. But other than that, still a good fucking movie. And this reference was flawlessly executed of such a great look. Like, like Shelley Long in that movie is doing drag the whole time. And ripping out a drag look from it and then doing it perfectly was giving me life. And to jump back to Jackie for one moment, she is doing what I had hoped that... Um, I'm blanking on her name because I'm not getting enough sunlight. Um... Opulence, you own everything. What was her name? I can't remember. But Mercedes uh, Amand Diamond. Thank you. And the fact that the two of you had to dig for it makes me feel better and not like I'm losing my mind. Um, it's what I was hoping <laughs> from with Mercedes, where we would get colors, textures, patterns, looks outside of Western culture. And like, so like, I love the way Jackie interpreted this because it's like, it's a set of things that are just not rife in American drag. So it was really fun to see something so big and dramatic pulled out. Uh, so that really made me happy. But yeah, uh, Gigi's also just made me gasp. I agree with you completely. I love Gigi. I think she's killing it. I think there are a lot of people who don't want to like Gigi who are reaching a point where they're like, oh, I have to like the skinny model s talented bitch who knows how to sew a look and gets her references. Like, Jack, see the Gigi thing. I think it landed better for you than it did for me, and my lack of a base of references is why. Because I mean, it was well constructed because Gigi and the hat was really cute, but I just didn't understand it. Oh. Um, I'm gonna tell you, most people who watched this show knew exactly what she was doing immediately, and that she did it perfectly. I'm like, like, that's just like that reference. Ursula, A, thank you for waxing lyrical with enthusiasm in your radio announcer voice. It's everything I want for this podcast. (laughs) You deliver, honey. Um, That is how 90 something percent of viewers of this show saw that moment. Yeah, like, like a meaningful plurality of gay men could probably do the cookie time song from memory. 
And just like I sat you down back in the day to show you Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I'm going to have to sit you down and show you this as just part of your uh, acclimatization to, uh, to American <laughs> culture, you Soviet emigre, you. <laughs> uh, all right. That sounds like a good plan for once we're not <laughs> when, under Yeah, when we're allowed to see each other. <laughs> I think you guys Yeah, can in like, zoom. what, March of 2022? Oh um, all right. <laughs> so moving on. Um, Sherry Pie's Elvis look, her breastplate is too narrow for her body. And I feel like we're they're trying to not focus on her too much. And I've had this thought a couple times when it comes to her proportionizing. Her breastplate is too narrow for her body, especially given how wide she pads her hips. And she puts no setting powder on it. So it like visibly looks like shiny plastic. Also, her runway walk is so fucking weird. She truly yes. looks like she's trying to hold an egg between her like thighs. Yes, it's so yes. bizarre, and like there's like a stiffness to her. And there's part of me that's like she might have scoliosis or something that like explains it. But her walk is so weird, and boy, in that dress, did she look like just the weirdest fish on land? Oh, she looked like rambling and stilted. The walk detracted from it so badly. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was a good look. Her runway walking, like, I feel like we, they're avoiding, they like minimize her presence so much that I, I wasn't sure of all these things, but both the breastplate and the walk, I was like, these are off. Like, and this one really made it stand out to me. Um, but the look was great. I mean, it was a smart move. Crystal Methods look for stuff. I love that they called her a Polynesian queen and flashed to Britta looking like she was going to cry hearing that. I love, love, love this look. I thought it was... Yeah, I love this look. Crystal has such a gorgeous smile in and out of drag that I like the tame your clown makeup to still kind of be Crystal Method clown, but also a little, like, enhancing your natural features. And I was looking at it honestly thinking, why is this so beautiful and compelling? I've watched so much drag and I've never seen anything like this. And it dawned on me, oh, because... Crystal has a beautiful smile with these full, deep cheek dimples, and her eyes like light up when she smiles. I was like, oh, it's stunning and gorgeous because Crystal has such a luminous smile, and this makeup like works with her natural features. Like, the reason it's so beautiful and unique is because Crystal has such a beautiful and unique smile. I loved the look itself. The green shoes were not op- the optimal choice, but they nonetheless worked with the look. And that was my thought. What did you guys think of this? Oh, I thought the pants just... The billow of the pants was just the right amount totally, to be totally. mesmerizing and perfect. The the colors, the purple lining of the cape. I loved Crystal Method's outfit, too. It was fantastic. Hersla, did you have any thoughts on this? Uh, loved it. Uh, I have to say she's definitely in the top 10, maybe top five of interpreting a judge's instruction without losing themselves. The makeup is still very crystal method, but it is. Absolutely. I, I like this as like a new center for her because it doesn't stop her from going to the full face clown makeup when it suits the look. It It's like with the makeup she walked in with, there's nowhere else to go. There's like, there's nothing bigger to do if you want to go bigger. This lets her go bigger when bigger is called for. So I really like this like refinement of the look to something a little more workable for day to day. And then still has the other tools in her box when when the look calls for something bigger and more dramatic. I completely agree with you. I am 
so impressed with her ability to maintain crystal method and still give us a face that says crystal method while still looking closer to drag and farther from clown and i do think there's more versatility in that for this i love her she's been safe and in the background most of the show i think she was in the bottom three once i like i'm telling you i am fucking falling in love with crystal i feel like everything she does she does well and I really, really would love a Dark Horse narrative wherein Crystal Method starts winning some challenges and makes a top four. I love this queen so much. And I think, Ursula, you remember episode one. I was like, she does creepy, scary clown drag. I respect what she does, but I'm scared. Like, I did not think that I was going to be in a place where I was like, I love this bitch and I want to see her in the end. But I love this bitch and I want to see her in the end. Anyways, all right, I, I've stand. I've done my standing for Crystal Method today. Um, obviously, I love this season. Um, what next? So the sporty skydiver look from Jan, I feel like Jan is so committed to this, like, real girl of the aughts who's into sports thing that it doesn't do anything for me. It's never wowing me, but I get that it's her brand. I get the, like, I'm going to do a skydiver as my cape thing, but I was, again, and she did it well for what it was, but I was, again, like, meh. My, my problem, this is an 8 out of 10 because the, the cape didn't inflate. It should have billowed into the shape of a Look parachute. at her! Look at her! Okay, alright. Like, that's, that, that's my only real critique of her look. It's like, the cape didn't read as parachute. Yeah, I thought the I thought the reveal was fun and I thought the reveal was very Jan, but past the reveal, I just I would have liked at least a little bit more of a runway walk as opposed to the frenetic whatever it was that she did on the runway. I mean, maybe she was just trying to convey skydiver and it wasn't really landing for me, but I feel like it did detract from taking in the outfit in any meaningful sense. And I also felt like the outfit was not a lot to take in, in and of itself. I don't know. Like, I, it's like, I, I like Jan. I'm just not wowed by Jan. Yeah, when they stopped calling her Jan Sport, she became Jan Brady. Like, she's just this middle sister, and Marsha will always be prettier, and Cindy will always be the baby. And in a weird way, I think saying her full <laughs> drag name probably would make her looks feel a little more like... Branded. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel bad because I, I sh she wants this so bad. I think she's talented in a lot of ways. But her, like, I kind of look like a real girl who's into sports from the aughts drag is, like, not exciting for me. If anything, it just... Rem oh, it... It lands deeply with okay. me. I love that aesthetic. Look, I'm glad it's landing with someone. Because I'm like, I want to like you, but I don't. Or I want to love this, but I yeah. don't. I guess it's part of the problem that Jan clearly wants it so bad. There is that thing where it's like... Uh, Not for me. It's I don't think that's it for me. But I that's think definitely it for RuPaul. I don't yeah. think RuPaul likes that she showed up and she's like, I want to become even more mainstream than you. RuPaul's like, well, then I will ignore you. Yeah. RuPaul is a Slytherin. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just get the sense that she's so focused on the goal that she's sometimes not in the moment and that's that's really where a queen like heidi shines even when they're less polished because heidi's there reach into the choir totally yeah. yeah no completely um 
And on that, let's get to Heidi's look. What did you guys think? Um, I, the iridescent cape and the sparkles were fun, but it was just, it was just basic compared to what most of the people were serving. It was, it was not enough. It got lost. It wasn't cohesive either. Yeah. That was my biggest thing. And honestly, I was looking at it and I thought this. I think the silhouette of the look that's like glittery dominatrix and the hair have enough like vixen super vil- female supervillain energy that I truly think if she went to that fabric wall and just quickly sewed a purple cape, it would have landed on like villain dominatrix in a way that would have worked a lot better than this like messy pride color cape. Like, they were disconnected, and weirdly, I think a solid purple cape would have made it work. Not that it would have been like, oh, now it's great, great but it would have been a lot better. Whereas, the way it was now, it just, it does look so disconnected. If if you, uh, the thought I had was when the judge clocked her hair and makeup is feeling Diana Ross, and that was disconnected from the bodysuit, what I thought was, with that face and that hair and that cape, uh, she could have made herself look like the poster for Mahogany. Because uh, if you look at the original movie poster, uh, the silhouette of Diana Ross in that poster actually has that kind of rainbow, multicolor, busy pattern fabric quality. And I think yeah. that actually could have, like, there is no faster way inside the heart of RuPaul Charles than to serve a good Diana Ross reference. And had she interpreted the cape challenge as I'm the living embodiment of the poster for one of her iconic movies, that would have landed. That also would have worked. I agree. Um, yeah, Normani was right. She needed to like hone in on a concept and go forward with it. Um, and then the last one I was that I thought was worth mentioning was Aiden. Silence of the Lambs was my favorite tri- movie as a child because I was a disturbed child. And I love any Silence of the Lambs reference. So Aiden immediately had me. So many answers to the old questions, but so many new questions. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong, but it it's also not surprising <laughs> at all. At all. Yeah. No. Uh, I I like. I, I mean, Aiden, I've like I, I've seen your skincare routine. Of course, you love a movie where characters are instructed forcefully to put lotion on. Oh my God! I've been trying to teach white people to moisturize for years. Do you know how many Caucasians think I'm like a decade younger than I am because I understand the concept of lotion? That 10-year challenge on Facebook, all of the results of that was, was so white people learned how to learn lo- use lotion this decade. I digress. <laughs> oh, I liked Aiden's. I liked Aiden's look a lot, and I thought this was the first time that her runway was... Actually, no. Episode 2, which was her episode 1, her, her runway was great. Um, I thought that... I feel like the girls are really coming for her on several fronts. And this was the first week where I was like, your runway is like indisputably at least middle of the pack this episode. Yeah. The one other runway that I want to bring just because it was a, it was something fun, but was not executed as well as I think it could have been was Nikki doll. Like when she walked on to the runway and you know, it looked like she had, like, that cape coat. I couldn't quite tell. And then dropped it for the reveal. I really enjoyed the contrast between the heavy cloak and the, you know, gossamer wisp of a cape that was actually behind her. But then there was nothing else past that. And I was, 
I was glad that they touched on that later in the commentary because it was the coolest part of her entire runway and it was done within the first five seconds and then there was a nothing. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I do think a lot of her, I said this earlier in the episode, but I think a lot of what she's, what's not working out for her is like, she needs to not just give I'm a runway model who's been told to be austere and it's about the clothes. She needs to work the runway in a way that maybe references that, but then she needs to be a drag queen who's doing something playful because she's not doing anything playful. And I truly think that note and bothering to do that each runway, she'd still be here. She wouldn't have been getting that. You're not showing our personality moments. Um, But I, I thought this was a great look. I stand by my statement like, this is a packed season. Queens with very different strengths and weaknesses, but all in all, very talented. And and I think they are at a point where it's splitting hairs to eliminate. You have this many talented queens. I mean, there are seasons that just by virtue of being a gorgeous and well put together fashion queen on the runway... Nikki Doll would have skated along a really long way. I agree. If Gigi Good weren't here, I think Nikki would have gone far- farther because you have, like, if she were the only runway looking queen, I think they would let her stay in that lane longer. But you got Gigi right here who's shown us she can be playful and witty and fun and not self conscious. And it's kind of like, well, if you're going to have a, a stick thin white girl on the runway, let's just ha- let's just take the better one now. Uh, so yeah, like take the multiple threat of Gigi Good. Yeah, like, yeah. It's really surprised me how quickly I've attacked. Like, like I had to like grudgingly acknowledge her personhood in the first episode because she earned it. But now I'm kind of like, am, am I? Is this is this what standing feels like? Am I standing Gigi Good? <laughs> <laughs> I I love I love this. I love watching you, like, accept that she is talented and likable and good and, like, giving her her props. Because I can see how much it pains you. Uh, You're much better. Yeah, I'm like six of her. I could could break her in two without trying, but here I am. (laughs) Um, You're much better than Mano Agapian, who on Drag Her literally won't talk about her. Nicole Byer will be like, here's everything that Gigi did that was great. And I thought this was funny. And Mono just changes the subject. He's clearly like (laughs) set on, I cannot like a skinny, pretty fashion queen whose mom is a designer. I cannot, no matter what, no matter how much I like what she does, I will not speak about her, which is like, well, that's not, that's hyper corrective there, honey. Um, (laughs) Any other thoughts on the runway? The way they broke the top and bottom was interesting. And I think it's kind of a signal that there weren't any real failures. There there was stuff that was weaker. There's stuff we've clocked for not working as well. And there were performances that were weaker, but no one was like Shakespeare. Uh, no one dropped the ball. Like, it, I think that's why the, the rehearsal looked so much like the final footage, because I'm betting there wasn't a ton of difference. There, there probably wasn't some different edit hiding in there. So it was really interesting the way they said, you're all the top, but you're the winner. And it's kind of like, like it almost would, it would have been harder to understand a discrete top three and a discrete bottom three, rather than just being top half and bottom half almost. Like that actually really made sense to me because like, I like this runway overall. No one served like an, an, an iconic look that we'll be talking about in 10 years 
from New Earth or wherever we were forced to move. Um, so it was kind of like everyone did B, B plus, A minus work in the challenge. Everyone served a B, B plus, A minus uh, runway look. And that's it. That So it was it was interesting to see them almost acknowledge that in the way because i don't think they've ever split it up this way before when the group was this size and it was merited completely all that said i feel like because crystal method had the tiniest role she was left in that bottom five and she looked so scared and the whole time i was like oh honey you're the top of this bottom five right right like those though they it makes sense that they were like six nominees for best actors because that many of you are a that good but then crystal methods stood there looking so nervous and i was like oh we at home we all know yeah um and i yeah. wish you did because you look so nervous and like you are i mean i guess they just decided they weren't gonna do seven and four but right. it was splitting hairs not to put crystal method in that top i group. agree i think she just didn't have enough lines for them to justify it but like that's it she did everything she came to do well and she was given to do well. Um, yeah. Uh, di- Oblivia, I am kind of curious because I was expecting a comment on this. Did you like Aiden's runway this week? Um, I liked the... I, I really did like the dragonfly in the mouth. And I did get the... I did get the Silence of the Lambs reference on that. I've seen the movie once a long time ago. I have read the book. So it is certainly a story that I know. I liked it be. I liked it because it was very Aiden's aesthetic. I don't think it was surprising, and I'm kind of hoping that Aiden can surprise me one of these days, but I think the best way to describe it is, I really liked it because I really like Aiden, and that look was very Aiden to me. I get that. That makes sense. Um, All right. So then, with that, do we want to get into the lip sync? I was going to say, the the classic, who should go home? And the minute Nikki said it, that was it. That was oh yeah oh it. yeah sorry how did yep. I how did I bypass this what the fuck yeah it was so early for a who should go home I don't think there's any way that that who should go home just going back to the structure of the show like we were talking about at the beginning there's no way that such a who should go home would work this early in the season had we not had that split premiere to actually start to get to know the queens in the way that we know them yeah I agree I agree um and I agree with you I feel like this. RuPaul Charles is a megalomaniac who is not as different from Donald Trump as I would like her to be. And she's also a deeply privileged person born in that area that we used to call Gen X, but now we call baby boomer, whatever. She's a cusper. But she grew up in the era of American supremacy and supremacy of ego. I was super fucking annoyed that Nikki, who's obviously struggling and trying to do her best and is thus self-critical like a French millennial would be, uh, commented that she knows she's really struggling and that they responded to that as though she told them, I do not want to be here. She in no way at any point said anything to anybody that indicated that she does not want to be here. I I now have a target on Carson's back as big as the one I have on RuPaul and Michelle's back because he said that because at no point did Nikki articulate, I do not want to be here. She simply had the self-awareness to acknowledge it she is struggling to stand out, and she knows that, and she's trying. It annoyed the fuck out of me, but also the second you say that to RuPaul, who is way too much like Donald Trump, you're going to get a, oh, so you don't want to be here. 
She's a shark. She smells the blood in the water. It, it annoyed the fuck out of me. Like, it infuriated me so much. I just, I hate that about RuPaul. It's so, like, if anything tells you RuPaul is out of touch and from a generation where this country, where everybody was comfortably middle class and felt the had an ego the size of a whale, like, it's those moments where it's like, she never said she wanted to go home. I don't know why you're responding as though she looked you in the eyes and said that. What the fuck? But that's my feeling. Um, so, yeah. What did you guys think of the bottom? Th- did you think the bottom two were correct? I mean, it was like splitting hairs. And Heidi was funny. I, I agree with what you were saying earlier that in the in the critique, they were selling Heidi short. But... In an episode where there weren't a lot of people who failed, I do think Heidi deserved to be in the bottom two just because of that runway look. It was the worst of the runway looks. As far as Nikki being in the bottom two, I, you know, from her performance, again, splitting hairs, I don't have a super strong opinion as to whether whether it should be her or Britta. Um, I do, I admit, have kind of a vendetta against Britta at this point. But, I mean, after the who should go home, the writing was on the wall, and you knew it was going to be Heidi and Britta in the bottom two. Heidi and Nikki. Sorry, Heidi and Nikki and Heidi and Britta. See, vendetta against Britta again. Heidi and Nikki in the bottom That was very Freudian. That was like, this is my inner desire. Yeah, um, I, I would have ex- I would have accepted <laughs> Britta in the bottom two, but I and as much as I don't like what she did, I I suppose I can't get militant about. Oh, she definitely should have been in the bottom two. She could have been in the bottom two, but you're. I mean, Nikki signed her uh, ticket home when she gave the answer she did. So it was kind. Of, everything else was kind of pro forma. It was just you know, like this is a show trial for the paperwork. Does it bother you that that is Nikki signing her? Like, obviously, it infuriates me. Oh, yeah. I, does it bother you? Like, yeah, it absolutely bothers me because even, I mean, even on reality television, I mean, I think there's something refreshing about somebody who's willing to be, somebody who's willing to be self-critical, somebody who's willing to acknowledge their faults or something they did that perhaps they could have done better. And for that to be her, for that to be her death warrant, I'm not here for that either. I think a lot of people who are very good at things, who are always striving to be better, are critical of themselves in the way that Nikki showed she was critical of herself. And I don't think that should be a death warrant. Well, also to draw a comparison, I'm struggling to remember other instances of the, well, I should be the one to go home. But I feel those people were in a much more self-defeatist or not trying place. And I don't think, and you certainly couldn't say that about Nikki in this, in this episode. She was taking direction. She just was still nervous about it. And that's different than not caring or giving up. Like you, we've been trained to hear, I'm not going to be mercenary and say, and say someone else did a worse job for the sake of staying as I've given up. And like you said, that that's not the case. But I think even in the confines of this episode, she, Asked who did the worst, she she thinks on that stage she did the worst, and she's not wrong. But I agree, she she hadn't given up, and they just read it that way. 
They read anything that is self-reflectively acknowledging that you could have done better as that, which is the problem for me. I, it yeah. annoys... Like, they would have read any version of that that way because they're too old to read it any other way, and it annoys the fuck out of me. Um, anyways, so... I, I do think that this was the correct bottom two, not because they're not both great and I don't love them both. I do. I just think this is a really stacked season. Um, so the lip sync, Heartbreak or Heart to Break by Normani. I do love this song. I am a gay man. I don't know what it's actually called, but the chorus is obviously Heart to Break. Whatever. What did you guys think of the lip sync? Heidi's got some moves. Heidi was serving some old school Jackson's attitude to me, some quality robot dancing. I was all in on Heidi and Closet in that lip sync. She was, I'm not sure exactly what I was expecting, but she blew the doors off of me. Yeah. And it wasn't Armani, wasn't it Kim Petras? I don't think this was an Armani song. Oh, for some reason I thought it was an Armani song. It's okay, usually sorry. the guest artist. You're not, you're yeah. not, you were not crazy. You, you had a statistical chance of being right. Uh, I, I agree. Heidi crushed it. She, uh, and like you could, this is the place I will tag Nikki for, for giving up a little. Like she, she, she had more energy toward the end, but it was clear from the beginning she was going to stick to that like austere French runway model and it just didn't work for the song. Heidi was clearly winning from Jump, even if she weren't already winning. I thought actually Nikki's pose dancing worked and in a bar I would tip her because i think she is striking enough in drag and i think it is a song where pose dancing works but ultimately that's not a match for heidi actually dancing which means yeah. you need to do something else like they both did a totally different way of doing this song and neither of them was like terrible yeah. but yeah. like heidi's really dancing so you need to try something else yeah um, you know you know how you know heidi was gonna win regardless they didn't show the wig coming off. They showed her quickly putting it in the pro. They caught her in the middle of putting it back on. They edited completely around losing the wig. <laughs> well, no, they. What I loved is that they just showed us it came off, and she immediately grabbed it. Next thing we know, she's dancing with it on. To me, that looked like. And this is what I love about her and her being present. You made a comment earlier about her being present, and yeah. that totally reminded me of this moment. It came off. She saw it come off, grabbed it immediately put it back on, and kept dancing. I don't think we've ever seen a girl that quickly be like, oh, this came off, I'm fixing this immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. And getting back to dancing. Yeah, there was, was no freak out. There was no moment of, oh, shit. It was just, yep, this happened, and I'm just going to keep dancing because that's what I do, and I'm a professional. Yeah, that wig was back in place, and she was back dancing in under five seconds. I... Love it. And I love that they just, like, they did include it, but I think it was so short that it's like, you could have missed it, you know? Um, I, I love that. And I think, I feel like that's like a perp statement of who Heidi is. And I love that about her. Um, so that was super fun. She did win it. I was so sad to see Nikki leave. I Both Nikki and Rockham, like, this is such a stacked season that it's, like, really hard to see these girls go. Yeah, I would also trade. I like Aiden, but I do think her drag runway looks are not up to snuff. I will be honest. If I could trade Britta and Aiden for Nikki and Rockham, I would do that. Mm. Even though I do like Aiden, um, 
but it's it's I think it's going to be hard to see girls go. Yeah, this season. I'd absolutely trade Britta for Rockham. I mean, I know you would. I'd trade Britta for anybody, but I also want Rockham back. Yeah, you, we do. You, we do. You too. trade Britta for a subway token? Are you kidding? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and Chicago doesn't even use subway yeah, tokens. Yeah, and you de- still would. Right. You, 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 oh, you, yeah, would, you would leave it in a little plastic box on your shelf as a memento of that time you traded away Britta filter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it would be my most treasured possession. Oh my God. I love that. All right. Um, and with that, let's take another commercial break and hear a word from our sponsors. When you have a thought that isn't worth tweeting, but feel like sharing it on Instagram Live, stop. When you cry spoilers at someone for referencing an iconic movie moment from over a decade ago, please stop. When you're about to lecture someone with authority on a subject you've read exactly one Medium article about, please just stop. It's Stop from the makers of Knot. And just like Knot, Stop is available anytime, anywhere, and it's clinically proven to stop you from being a complete fucking tool. When you feel like aggregating in public spaces and ignoring the catastrophic consequences in the midst of a rare global pandemic, please just stop. All right, and we're back. Um, I think it's time, as we ask all our guests, uh, who who is your top four? And I think we're we're all assuming at this point Sherry's in the top four, or they would not be doing as much as they're doing regarding Sherry. So, who who are the other three people you think will or should uh, be in the top four and show your work? Oblivia, we're start, you are our guest, please. All right. So, <clears throat> at this point, Gigi Good. We've talked about her quite a bit, but she's done so many things and she's done them all so well she has that fashion queen thing down but she's not just a fashion queen she can perform she can sell it she is so far she has passed every test that rupaul has thrown at her and at this point she is total front runner material um beyond Gigi and sherry being the obvious front runners i think that i think that widow is up there this wasn't necessarily this wasn't necessarily a widow focused episode that we had um but i feel like she's shown enough she's compelling she's a lot of fun she has just presence that fills up a room and i think she's one that i can see progressing and making it pretty darn far and then beyond that it is really tough there's not somebody who's standing out and saying okay you have to be in the in the top four and so i'm afraid i'm about to steal a little bit of Condé nasty's thunder and i'm sorry if i do but at this point I do think Crystal Method has a lot of upside. She's taking direction well. That look that she served on the runway this episode was beautiful, pitch perfect, well constructed, well executed. Just whatever it was that made her pull that outfit together the way she did, it was A+. And... I feel like she's adapting to the show very well and one who looks poised. Yeah, no, please steal that thunder. Like I, 
I'm so impressed with how she's been. I mean, I monologued on this earlier, so I won't say much more, but I'm glad that you see what I'm saying. Like, I'm very impressed, and I would love a Dark Horse narrative for Crystal Method. That would be great. And I'm also, I think Heidi has got it, but she's so young, and you can tell her, look, like, she knows that her runways are not at this level, but there's something really compelling about her. And she's listening that I want a Chi-Chi narrative where she makes it to the top four. Because, I like, I'll tell you right now, if she's at a gay bar in my, in my city and, like, I'm free that night and she's, like, hosting a viewing show or anything, I'm going. Like, yeah. I can't say that about most of this cast, but if Heidi's hosting, I'm going. Like... Oh, speaking of Heidi, though, well, speaking at least tangentially to Heidi... I know it's a little bit clunky to say, but RuPaul's refusal to say Heidi's name, Heidi in closet, I want to smack her every time she refuses to say Heidi's name. It is Heidi's choice, and if Heidi in closet decides she wants to go by something else, then so be it. But that is her name, and Ru, stop taking it away from her. I do think it's rude. Just... On the technicals, it's rude. I feel like Rue's not being actively mean about it. And I understand the, like, it's not a great drag name, honey. I do think, though, being like, I'm not going to say your name crosses a line for me where it's like, well, now it's it's rude. Yeah. Uh, My top three to round out the top four, I I agree, Gigi. I think Gigi has a absent some epic meltdown has a pretty mortal lock on top four i'm gonna put jada up there i think jada has been a consistently good enough performer who turns out sickening looks week after week that are right in rupaul's uh style wheelhouse that i think jada has a decent shot at top four and then i'm gonna say i'm gonna hold the last spot for a coin toss between crystal and heidi because i think i think that fourth spot does go to the outsider it goes to the diamond in the rough, the person who will be the perfect candidate for all-star, like the the all-star preparation slot in that top four goes to either Crystal or Heidi. In an insane world, it'd be both, and I don't know how that would happen, but it would be fascinating to fucking watch. I think Jackie is going to get the Ben de la Creme Katia, Katia fifth place Miss and Cracker edit. Yes. Yeah. The, the smart, <clears throat> cerebral, relatable... Kind of trade, but not too much trade. Like, likable queen who's, like, smart and a good talking head that feels like s- somebody that many of us gays are friends with that always yeah. goes fifth or sixth, depending on how stacked the season is, in, a, in an edit that feels like a tragic loss. I think, A, the show, that is part of the scripting, and they have a name for that position. And I think after one episode, Jackie was given that like whatever that that like whatever she does if she does bad they're gonna like negligibly have her in the episode if she does good they're gonna highlight her and i think she they're like the thing i feel most confident watching this season is jackie cox will go fifth or sixth like no question yeah um yeah i also think she's gonna have one of the best post show oh totally yeah so i'm a little like You'll be fine. I know She'll it. be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, I agree with you on Jada. 
I'm not gonna lie, I get Tyra Sanchez vibes from her, especially in the few untucks I've watched. Like, she gets in fights where it's like, this isn't even about you. Somebody said something insulting to Aiden over you, and Aiden started responding, and you're fully inserting yourself in the middle of a fight that is not about you, completely unaware that, like, Aiden is talking to somebody else who said something shady to her, and you're making it all about you because you're dumb and combative by nature. I don't like Jada. I'm trying to not see the very obvious and clear Tyra Sanchez parallels, <laughs> but that, but Jada is making it very hard to ignore them. I know, I, I'm still interpreting it as Electra from Pose as opposed to Tyra Sanchez, but it's a thin line. It's a thin line, and I could see the crossing happening very easily. I don't, I'm not dismissing your criticisms. I see them as valid, but part of me is just like, well, the bitch still has looks. If you watched season, if you watched episode five of Untuck, that line, the side that she's on becomes very clear. Okay. Yeah. Well, I have, I have plenty of time to catch up on TV. Don't she's I? <laughs> so finished and polished, but she's such a bitch. But on some level, I feel like the show wants a villain. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see how that works out for her. My top four are. Um, Definitely Sherry, uh, Gigi, and I, Jada, unfortunately. I think that the fourth slot is reserved for an odd queen. So I agree with Ursula that it will either be Heidi or Crystal Method. Probably Heidi. And I love them both, but based on what they're actually doing, I'm guessing Crystal Method will probably deserve it more. Honestly, I could see Crystal Method... I could see it being a Crystal Method and Jackie both get the, we like you, but you're not quite good enough at it, fifth and sixth respective exits. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, that's that's where I am. And uh, what was I going to say? I'm going to, I've got to be honest, season nine, I think it made perfect sense that they did top four and they do the lip sync. I prefer, I think that made sense for that. I think it has not made sense for 10 and 11. And I'm happy that the Sherry Pie disqualification means that we're not going to have a top four. We're going to have a top three. I prefer. Oh, what if? For a but what if three. they promote? What if they promote fifth place to the new top four? They haven't filmed the finale yet. They can, and they're not filming it anytime soon. So, <laughs> um, do you think they're going to do that, or do you think they're just so going to do a finale? The means, please keep your noses yeah. clean. Do you think they're going to do that, or do you think they're going to? Def- I think they're going to default to doing a top three and doing a different decisions for how they do the finale, as opposed to just not airing the last episode wherein the fifth girl goes home. But I if will, I, were- I will say this: I think it would be a gag if they did give Jackie that spot and then they brought her back. I think that would be them really flipping the script on their own script. Yeah, like, if I were a gambling cephalopod, I would say it's more likely they'll stick to a top three. But, ooh, how much, what a treat it would be if we emerged from this time of global crisis to such a lovely and wonderful surprise as, as like, that that top, like, fifth place getting promoted to top four because a queen got disqualified. That would be amazing, and it would be hilarious. And there would be something really fitting about, like, the fifth place everyone loves you getting their chance because one of the top four did a really dick yeah. move. Completely. And I feel like we're living in such odd times that it would feel like the hug we all needed from Drag Race in the end. Truly. Yeah. Truly. Um, yep. No, I agree. 
I mean, I don't think they're going to do it. I think it's going to be a top three. I think, I'll be honest, I don't like the defaulting top fours because I think season nine, it was earned and season 10 and 11, it really wasn't. And I was prefer not. Yeah. This, the th- top three, but I'll be honest, I, the talking with you about it now, it's either going to be the top three I usually like, or it's going to be a redemption for the beloved fifth queen spot of somebody who I'm sure I will love coming back and getting a shot. Either way... I am excited for whenever they film it. Um, And I do hope it's Jackie Cox. I'm also very curious. I think in, I think like a decade from now, I think after we all emerge from hibernation and men have long hair, there's going to be a total change in what types of hairstyles men rock. And I feel like there's going to be like a cliche, like a cliche post Corona lockdown haircut that like denotes a period in time. (laughs) <laughs> that all the gay, like all the gays are gonna look like gays in the seventies or something. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Okay, I think we have now we have, we have now discussed this show in full. We have beyond we have full. all the juice. Yeah, yeah. No, she's she's dry. <laughs> all right. Well, again, Oblivia, thank you so much for coming. It is always a pleasure to have you. You are absolutely the Leslie Jones of the Reading Drag Race family, and we're always excited when you come. Oh. You're very welcome. We hope to have you on again before the end of the season. Um, Looking forward to it. All right. So I've been Condé Nasty. This is Hersela the Sea Bitch. And this has been Reading Drag Race. Bye. 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 Bye.